All right, good evening. Everyone, we're here at Lions Stadium, Richard, off the Round 7 W action with Brisbane Roar and Newcastle Jets, and the Roar have come from 1-0 down. So pick up three precious points here against Newcastle Jets. Tara Andrews open scoring for the Jets. Paul Claire Polking on Holly Palmer got the, got the goals back for the Roar. Adam, it was a, a day where the Roar had to be patient, wasn't it? It was. Um, despite, I think, the uh, scoreline didn't really reflect the true nature of the game. I thought Brisbane were pretty dominant throughout. I think that's sort of the way it was set out to be that Raw were always going to attack and uh, Newcastle Jets were always going to counterpunch. And look, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it was patience. Uh, you could tell between the time that Tara Andrews scored and when they got the equaliser, there was a bit of frustration creeping in. So in the end, they were patient and ended up, you know, they were rewarded with three points. Now, this is the one point where we hear from the Raw coach, but today we spoke to the Raw Captain Claire Pockham, so we'll hear what Claire had to say, then we'll talk more about this game. Three points at home, please, with the performance? Uh, yeah, I think um, it's always nice to win at home, and um, you know, to score a couple of goals at home is nice. Uh, I think we created a lot of chances and probably could have scored a few more, and um, that's something we'll build on. And I think we can, we, there's definitely a lot of room for um, improvement in our performance, and that's positive. You went down the early goal, you said they're creating a whole bunch of chances. Was the key just to remain patient, thinking, right? With all these chances of creating one of them, we'll go in and we'll be able to build on that. Yeah, and we spoke about that before the game, is being patient, and, and we knew we'd have majority of possession, which we did, and, and um, you know, we were able to, to create a lot of good chances, and, um, you know, going forward, you know, we'll need to make sure that we finish a lot more of those, um, especially, you know, deep into uh, into the end of the season. A, a goal for yourself as well, I mean, talk us through it. Yeah, uh, it doesn't happen very often, so, um, yeah, I was up there for a corner, and sort of second ball came in, and... Um, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> a lot of really good set pieces though. Is that something that you've worked on in training? Or? Um, yeah, we, we've had a little bit of a, uh, more of a focus uh, this week on our set pieces. Um, we hadn't we hadn't scored off set pieces, um, you know, the whole tournament, uh, the whole season. So, sort of an area that we thought we might be able to improve on, and um, we scored a couple tonight, which is good. For yourself, at the back, a new partner this year with Slesbury. How are you finding that defensive pairing? Yeah, it's it's good. She's a she's a class player and and really comfortable on the ball and a good defender as well. So um, she's eased back into into that centre back position. I know she probably would prefer to play midfield, but um, you know the back line has stolen her for a little while, and I'm, I'm happy about it. And um, you know she's doing really well there. And good to have a Matilda's teammate at least Night back in the field as well. I imagine. Yeah, she's been working really hard to get herself right, and um, it's been a, a long bit of a long journey for her to get back on the pitch. And yeah, good to see her get some minutes tonight. Melbourne City at home on Thursday night, the first of a couple of tough games in a row. Is that really going to be the test of where, where you're at this year in terms of competing with the top sides? Yeah, I think um, you know they're they're a class team and they've got they've got quality all over the pitch. Um, so we're definitely going to have to to be at our best. Um, but you know I know we've got quality in our team as well, and, and we've got just as many threats as they do. I just thought Claire Pockle had to say after today's game, we should thank Claire for talking to us. She was very popular after the game, actually, so it was good to talk to her for a few minutes. Now, the Raw did start very strong in this game, didn't they? The first five minutes, they could have had a couple of goals in that. I mean, I think uh, Hayley Razzo, Tamiki Yellop, and Katrina Gori all had chances early on in that first 10 minutes, but it was the Jets who took the lead against the run of play, Adam. It was, yeah, and um, I think um, overall, I uh, to pay tribute to um, Claire Coelho, the. Uh, the uh, Newcastle keeper, who you know, she was sensational. Today. And if it wasn't for her, this game would have been, you know, could have been seven or eight. Uh, is that me? Especially in the second half. So she was great. She denied uh, Hayley Rasso very, very early on with a shot. And um, yeah, from there. But it was Newcastle that were first on the board.
It was, and the Raw had to be patient. We talked about earlier because they had a whole bunch of chances. They had about seven or eight shots on goal in that first half before they eventually did get the equaliser through Claire Balkenhorn from a very well worked set piece. Yeah, look, and um, and at the end of the day, it was a, I guess it was a theme of the day where you know if first they don't succeed, try again. It was uh, Isabel Dalton um, cross in, and Claire Balkenhorn was still up for from the corner. Um, was there to head in and lob, lob it in and equalise just for half time. I think that was a crucial uh, point of the game. It was. And the Raw played really well today as well, didn't they? We have to say they played really well. They controlled a lot of the games. Well, the A-League side does well. We'll talk about them in a moment. But the, the W-League side today really did control a lot of the game. They were rewarded with that eventually when Holly Palmer did get the team's second goal from again. Another set piece with the corner in. Carson Pickett shot from that corner. Cannoning back off the crossbar before Palmer was there for the tap-in. And it was, it was coming, wasn't it? It was, and uh, for young Holly Palmer, her first uh, goal goal for the club at uh, senior level, and um, I don't think she knew much about it after a Carson Pickett shot cannon off the crossbar, but you know what, she'll take it, and they celebrated well, and then in the end, that was the match winner, but look, as I said, if it wasn't for uh, Claire Coelho in, in goals for, um, for the Jets, it could have been a hell of a lot more. We should mention that Claire Coelho in goals, absolutely magnificent for the Jets mm. tonight, when she was by far Newcastle's best player. Oh, absolutely. Um, look, I thought also um, Tara Andrews as well, she had a couple of opportunities as well at the other end. Um, and, and yeah, so she, she as well, you know, was a standout. But, uh, so on the Raw side, a couple other, you know, notable mentions, you know, I thought Isabel Dalton was fantastic, uh, in that holding midfield position. Not that the Raw needed, you know, at the moment, they got, they're blessed for options in that pro. Harley Rasso was very good. And to Mickey Yell, look, she could have had a hat trick today. She was just unlucky, you know, a few wasted opportunities, but, you know, she's getting the right spots. I think, you know, the goals will come for her. Tamika definitely will want that chance. She had late in the game when she skied. She skied over the crossbar after rounding the keeper. She'll definitely want that back. Now, speaking of back, Elise Kell Knight is back. Her first appearance in the in the Raw since about, for about five, you think it was 2015 was her last appearance for the Raw. 15 minutes at the end, return from injury. It was good to see her back, wasn't it? Yeah, and the uh, Raw Court gave her a great evasion you know, when she came on. So, look, I think still a university very popular. And, and she will, like, it's hard to know how these 15, 20 minutes out today, how the effect was. She, she came on for Isabel Dalton um, as a like-like replacement. And, but, obviously, she, her experience is going to be very, very important in the run home. Raw are blessed droppers in that midfield area, aren't they? We've seen Celeste Bray has dropped from midfield into defence this year. You mentioned Isabel Dalton's had a really good season at holding midfield role now. Elise Kelnott is back. They've really got a lot of options in that area, haven't they? I think that's the big strength is that, is that midfield. Like, you, you throw... You throw, you know, the experience of Kellen Knight, you know, Isabel Dalton, who has, you know, so far since she started, she's been this, in this, you know, this undefeated run. She's, she's been magnificent. Um, look, you've got Celeste Beret, who's playing in centre back at the moment, who's probably, it's probably not preferred position, but, you know, doing the team thing. Um, you throw in Katrina Gorry as well, that playmaker role. Um, look, game's going to be one loss in that midfield for the Roar. And if they, if they turn up, um, I think they could beat anyone in this league. We're about to find out about that because they do play Melbourne City at home at Dolphin Stadium on Thursday night in the first game of the Raw, the second game of the Raw in 2020, but the first in the W League. Like that's going to be a massive game, is it, at Dolphin Stadium? The first of three really tough games. I play like Melbourne City, West Sydney Wanderers away, and then Sydney FC away. So this three-game run right here, starting with Melbourne City, is going to be really indicative of what sort of where the Raw will finish at the end of the season. Yeah, look, I think this is their this is their sort of finals preview. Now they'll they'll find out a lot in the next three rounds where they're at, where they're competitive, where they can push, and I think. Um, so far, so far they've beaten teams around them. They've beaten teams that they should be beating, but they need to beat some teams above them. And this is a, this is a big test. It comes Thursday night. Um, this is going to be this is a huge game. And I think um, on on Thursday night football, um, yeah, I think this is where the Raw need to make a statement. The intent for the for the um, the run home to the finals. You're absolutely right. They haven't been too far away in the games against the bigger teams this year. They've played West Sydney here at 
at the Lion Stadium in I think round two or three it was, and they weren't far away that night. It was just a bit of a bit of missed, a couple of missed chances for all that night. We saw them not walk away with the point, but they created plenty of chances that night. So they're certainly good enough to get something out of these games, aren't they? Yeah, look, uh, look, Western Sydney have been a revelation this season. Um, so if you follow my socials, uh, they, I'm a unabashed fan of Western Sydney, you know, the way they play. So, um, look, they, they were close, but not, probably not good enough. A second look at them, they may, they may be better. I think, um, Western Sydney, I think they've surprised a lot of, a lot of players being the perennial sort of bunnies of the league in the past. They've really sort of, you know, strengthened up, you know, with some, some world class players, it has to be said. And, um, yeah, I think the rematch at Marconi Stadium in a couple of weeks' time, I think that might be a big preview to what's coming ahead, you know, in February, March. It's a big game, but firstly, firstly, Dolphins Stadium Thursday night. Get there if you're in the local Brisbane area. It'll be a fantastic game of football. Now we're going to switch focus. We aren't about the A League side, but first we'll get the Y League side. They played down in Melbourne today, Sunday morning, and the victory came out with a 3-1 win. It was two goals from Laurie Latanzio and one from Birkin Kurda. Joy Ingham got the goal for the Roar, and I have to admit, I didn't see it in this game until they got here at Lions today. And after the way the Roar beat victory at, in round one out of Ipswich, I'm quite surprised by the result, Adam. Yeah, it's a it's a surprising one because there's only probably two or three changes from that side that were absolutely massacred up here. And um, look, uh, from more reports, obviously with no stream, we're relying on you know on social media. From all reports, uh, Lewis Laurie Latanzio, who scored both goals, he's he's a he's a prospect of the future for for a victory. He was very very good. Um, Christian Dobras played for. Um, for a victory um, on there by Josh Hope as well, uh, Brendan Lawton, who are all A-League contract. They all played. So uh, for the Raw, uh, they started well early. Uh, enjoying them sort of uh, capitalised from a mistake at the back. But uh, at the end of the day, it was one of those games where in very, very hot conditions, it was an arm wrestle for 70 minutes. And then um, the team that sort of got the initial first was always going to win that. And unfortunately for the Raw, it was um, it was Melbourne Victory who ended up pulling three goals late. You mentioned Lewis Laurie Latanzio, he's a prospect of the future. So when did he leave Brisbane to go to Melbourne? Because we know that that's where they get all their prospects from. Uh, look, we'll have to get back on that. Um, yeah, obviously that, there's that no joke. But um, for Melbourne, it's the first time in 12 games they've beaten the Raw at youth level. So um, it was a historic day, no doubt, for them. And uh, two points clear at the top of Conference A now. Um, pressure's on the Raw now in their title defence. So Raw's got two games left. They're at home against Perth Glory next weekend before they play Adelaide United in the penultimate round. They have the bye in the final round, so they won't be able to do anything in that final round about their final finishing position. So they're going to have to pick up these six points here against those two sides and hope that victory drop points somewhere along the way. Their goal difference will stand them in good stead if that happens. So fingers crossed the Raw can get maximum points and victory drops a point somewhere. Jake McGing, Aaron Ridden and Joe Ingham were the three senior players involved in the side here from the Raw this weekend, Adam. I mean, obviously Jack can get moved into the A-League side, so a spot open up for Jake McGing. So that's the three players who played from the senior side. Yeah, and the interesting thing was that uh, Jake McGing um, was off after 62 minutes. Uh, Aaron Reardon was off after 72 minutes, and that was after that point. It was one all time that Aaron Reardon came off, and they, were, they didn't have much in the way of, you know, specialised centre-backs, no, no Kai Truen, in the side as well, and uh, yeah, that's when that's when Melbourne Victory really stole the initiative. And at the end of the day, they got those two extra goals to, to put them over the top. So, I'm without seeing the game, I don't know what the effect of uh, Aaron Reader coming off had on the side. Um, but yeah, look, he, you got to think that with the injuries from our Newcastle last night, he may be headed towards uh, um, a start in in the senior side. We might talk more about that just a moment. Because, right, there were injuries in that game in Newcastle last night in the A League round twelve. Newcastle won, Brisbane Raw won. Dimi Petrados opened the scoring for Newcastle Jets just before the halftime break. A late equaliser for Brad Nimmin. Boy, they needed that late equaliser, didn't they? Robbie Fowler's side. They really, really needed to get something out of that game. 
Yeah, um, I think it was a good time for Brad Inman to finally sort of show up and uh, show what he's capable of. Um, it, was a, it was a great goal, no, no doubt about it. You know, a, a, a smashing goal from, from distance. Um, yeah, they need that point. Um, it probably doesn't salvage much at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot of heat on the, on the A-League side at the moment. And look, 10th on the ladder, you know, nine points so far. Uh, look, probably rightfully so. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, that, that was really, you know, a point that they need. At least it keeps them in 10th place. Now, we'll talk more about that in just a moment. First, let's hear what Robbie Fowler had to say last night after the one draw with Newcastle. Um, well, we never won the game, so you could probably argue against that. Um, I thought we were probably a little bit better in the final third. Um, I mean, the, the reason why, you know, the, chain, the changes were made. We, uh, we feel as though we are playing really, really good football until we get to a certain position on the pitch in the final third. Um, and we probably lacked a little bit of intensity in the final third. So that was the only reason. Um, you know, the players who have played, I mean, really, really good players. Um, we just felt we probably needed a little bit of a change. Um, was it probably slightly better in the final third, to be honest? You know, the young lad, uh, Mers, I thought was brilliant. You know, his older play was good. Um, he worked his socks off um, and, you know, more than you know, held his own. You know, against some good centre halves, good defenders. Um, you know, we're probably not pleased with the result because I felt we should have won the game. Um, but I think it's probably been typical of our season. You know, we dominate teams. Um, you know, we come here. I mean, probably a lot of pressure on us because we're the away team. Um, you know, where we are in the ladder, the ladder probably lies a little bit in terms of um, you know where we are. You know, we, we felt we've been playing catch up a lot, a lot of the times in the season because of the buys. Um, you know, we've had two buys so far. Uh, but look, we'll, we'll keep soldiering on. You know, we'll keep you know playing the way we believe in. Um, you know, and I have no doubt that results will turn. You know, we, we will get plenty of wins this year. So that's what Robbie Fowler had to say after last night's draw in Newcastle. Now there were five changes made that side. Adam, Daniel Bowles, Jack Hingett, Jacob, Aaron Amadi Holloway, and Mirza Muradovic came in. He came in for his debut. Debutant number one sixty-four for the Rock. Congratulations to Mirza. They replaced Jordan Courtney Perkins, Ramadek Bari, Stefan Mork, Roy O'Donovan and Dylan Windsor-Halls. And Roy O'Donovan is the real surprise there, isn't it? He was in his pre-game press conference with Adam Peacock on the Fox Football. He mentioned that it wasn't he wasn't resting Roy O'Donovan, he was being dropped. I mean, I wonder, what are your thoughts on that? Because he's obviously the Raw's top scorer this year. Yeah, no, I'm, well, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. I'm, I, I would have thought that, you know, with the game five days out, you know, that maybe that he was being rested. But uh, I think Roy Fowler made it very, very clear in that interview on Fox. So, yeah, that he's been dropped. And, look, I think um, it may be a bit of a wake-up call, sort of, you know, the, sort of the, the hairdryer sort of moment, I guess, that, you know, trying, trying to sort of say that, you know, no one is bigger than that no one's placed in the side is, you know, infallible. And even if it is the vice-captain. And... And, and yeah, look, um, I think at the end of the day, he's, other than you know, a couple of penalties, he really hasn't done much. Now, I don't have the quote in front of me, unfortunately, but there's something along the lines of no players too big to sit on the bench. This is probably the wake-up call he needs, and I think that's probably a bit of truth in that. But the play, young Mersen Radovich came in to replace him, making his debut, as we mentioned, and he was really good for a debutant, wasn't he? He was in a rich vein of form in the wild. He had six goals in the, in the four games he had played until that point. A bunch of goals in the NPL Queensland as well. He did really well, didn't he, in terms of... He's, he's holding the ball up was actually quite well in terms of dealing with big Lachlan Jackson and uh, and Nikolai Topolstein, two physical defenders. He held the ball up quite well, didn't he? Yeah, look, um, a very, very good performance for um, debutant number 164. Um, yeah, look, uh, Merza, he's, like I said, he's, a, he's sort of a, a 
you know, only 19 years old. He, against you know, a very, very you know, experienced defender in Nicolo Top Stanley, who I thought was you know, very, very good for Newcastle last night and sort of you know, really you know, physically muscling out you know, the, the strikers. And he, he did well to at least you know, hold his own in that. And the fact that he got not the full 90 minutes um, obviously suggested that you know, Robbie Fowl went in with a bit of faith on him. Yeah, I was telling actually that when they did bring Roy Donovan on with 15, 20 minutes to go, it wasn't Merza who made way, it was Aaron and Marty Holloway. So that was a that was quite interesting. Now the Raw obviously again, this is the tale of the Raw's season all year long. Plenty of possession and they don't do much with it, do they? Yeah, no, it's uh, look it's become quite frustrating if I'm if I'm being fair. Um, yeah, just watching that game last night, um, there look it's you can hold the ball and get much possession as you want, but at the end of the day if you're not doing anything about it, you're just sitting ducks and like like it seems to happen, you know, countless weeks before, um, just teams are getting bodies behind the ball. That's why I said, you know, that's why I point out Nicolo Topol Stanley. You know, every time I finally you know try and do something, he's just there to cut it out. So, yeah, look, I just think it's um, it's become very, very predictable. It's become very, very mundane. Um, it, it astounds me in a way that you know they've got a big, a big tall player like like you know, Aaron and Marty Holloway, who has opportunities. I thought he didn't really make much of it, but even then, it was, it was very sparingly you know, bringing his strengths to the fore. So, look, I. I don't know at the moment where they go from here. This side, it's uh, it's a bit of a mess. And look, Robbie Fowler needs to do something fast because, yeah, this season is slipping away very, very fast. And more importantly, I think the fan base's patience is wearing thin, considering the fact that the, the club seems to have gone nowhere in 12 months as far as, you know, points on the board. I think the, the fan base's patience is that are extremely thin, to say the very least. And the pattern of these games is becoming a real big concern as well because it's the, it's the same thing every week. They've all had to have plenty of the ball. And then they go down the other end, the opposition team, whether it's Western United two weeks ago, Newcastle last night, and they capitalise on one mistake. That's what happened last night for Petraeus to get the goal, one mistake from the Raw, and they get their goal. Yep. It's becoming a pattern that as well. It is, exactly, that's right. Now, it, that, again, you could say that that goal last night was from the run, run against the play, and uh, it was just a simple mistake where you know they left Jason Hoffman open, who who got in behind. Um, good save, a good save, you know, to a point by Jamie Jamie Young, and then Daniel Bowles then slips over and allows uh, Demi Petras you know, a free shot from six yards, and a player of his skill, he ain't going to miss, and then, boy, he did not miss. No, not against his old club, that's for sure. Now, we're talking about a couple of individual players, and the first of those is Brad Inman, because when he did come on, he did look like a bit of a bright spark to a certain extent, didn't he? And he was rewarded with that from a goal outside the box. I think, yeah, he's trying to find, to find his place where, where he needs to play. Um, go where, and look, he took his chance and, you know, he was rewarded. And I think that's something that, again, that's something that's been lacking from, from there. Is, is a sort of a lack of, you know, I guess adventure, a lack of, you know, instinct in a way. And, you know, that's what Brad Inman did. And he was rewarded and, and sort of, you know, just raw escape with a point. I think you're right, but there's certainly a lack of imagination in that front, to say the very least. But at the other end of the field, Jamie Young certainly does not lack imagination because that save he made deep in a stoppage time, that was if that's not the save of the year, it's in the it's in the top two or three because it was absolutely fantastic to be cladded by Scott Neville from the initial cross in, then be able to get up and make that point blank reflex save. It's it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? And it's what we expect from Jamie Young because he's done that time and time again. Look, I think uh, for me, um, look, it's it's David Simonesque, and um, for the, for our youngest sort of listeners and all that, I and if you're if you're not an Arsenal fan, you know maybe Google it up because that's you know that one, uh, you know that's one of the saves of all time, you know, and that was very reminiscent of that last night. Look, Jamie Young, you know he he earned the raw point because. 
that that was that was on that was going in for all money. So um, that point is almost Jamie Young's. Uh, so and look, I think at the end of the day, I think he's he's the, the number one at the moment. Poor old Max Crockham. I think he's going uh, to spend more some time on the uh, bench unless uh, something happens to Jamie Young fitness wise. Yeah, Jamie Young has certainly got that spot at the moment, and he is seeming esque in terms of his saves, not getting lobbed from the halfway line in World Cup quarterfinals. That's not what we're referring to. But <laughs> the other player who did make his return last night was Jacking. He's played obviously the last three or four games in the youth league, been building up his minutes gradually, and he got 90 minutes on last night against Newcastle in the Elegant. He looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, welcome back, Jack. Uh, he, Yeah, look, he was very good. You know, we, we've had the pleasure of seeing him, uh, two of his last, you know, in his in his recovery back, and look, he, looked the same, he looked the same play, except, you know, he was doing it at the top level in, in, this, in this country, and look, he was very, very good last night. I thought he... Um, he gave, he gave he gave an added dimension on that um, on that right flank. Uh, not that the, the strikers or the attackers could do much with it. Well, when it came, but uh, look, he you know, he, he had a great game, and it's good to see him back. I think you know, he's he's one player that you know I think you know, future fortunes may rely upon. It'd be interesting to see how um, Robbie Fowler and and his coaching staff sort of balance between him and Scott Neville, where they pick one or the other, try and pick both. It's almost in uh, reminiscent to a Hingit Franich sort of, you know, conundrum of years past. But, um, yeah, look, I think Jack Hingit, I don't think it was also as well his leadership as well on the pitch. And I think that be that will be needed as well, you know, given the fact that there's a, a key injury that we're about to allude to. Yeah, absolutely. Now, firstly, Scott Neville's versatile, so he can fill in anywhere, and he may need to as well because Tom Aldred, he did go down in that game. I think it was a groin injury, the commentators said it was. And it, it did not look good, did it? He just looked like he was clearly not, I can't go on here because it was pretty clear and pretty quick they're all making that change and Jordan Courtney Perkins he went down in training late last week we found out this morning so there's two key defenders they're all have had this year that they've been able to rely upon they're both going to be unavailable for at least the next couple of weeks so there's going to be an opportunity for somebody in that back line isn't there? Absolutely and I think yeah Tom, on Tom Aldred I think Without, without sort of knowing sort of players' history as far as his recovery for injury and you know, his injury proneness, yeah, that looks like an injury that's going to be two or three weeks at least. Um, Jordan Courtney Perkins, there's some mystery surrounding how long it'll be. I'm, I'm not sure if the club knows yet. I think it's, I think it's such a new one, but it may, it may be weeks as well. And that, that's a darn shame for you know, one of the better players you know, of, in, in the squad this season. You know, he's had a great year. You know, you know, representing his country at the World Cup, you know, being a first-team player at, at, in the A-League and for it to sort of end in training like that, you know, I feel sorry for the lad. And look, I wish him all the best because I think he is, he is one of the bright prospects of the future for the Raw that you now rely on going forward. Yeah, we can only hope it's not a serious knee injury that's only a not light, unlight niggle. So hopefully that's what it is. We'll find out hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And let's play the speculation game, Adam. Since Tom Aldred, we can probably think it's going to be at least for West Sydney. Um, John Quinty Perkins probably out for West Sydney. Who do, who do you think comes in? Does they play move to a back four? Does Kai Truen, Aaron Reardon come in? Does Jack McGinn get a spot back in the side after being out for the last couple of weeks? What do you think they do here? I'd have to imagine the fact that both Jack McGinn and Aaron Reardon came off in that youth game this morning. They would have to at least be joining the A League squad down in Sydney until the next game. And Kai Truen's been he was withdrawn, wasn't even in that squad. He was. In Newcastle, they have to think at least one of them is going to come in. I think the question of uh, what I think will happen compared to what I'd like to happen. What I'd like to see happen is now in Reardon or quite true and get a start. What I think will happen is that Macaulay Gillespie goes to the centre defence, probably along with maybe Scott Neville or um, Daniel Bowles might get another chance. Uh, he unfortunately he didn't have one of his better games last night. He was uh, fairly exposed to the full ninety. Um, and I think Isaac Powell also will come in to sort of fill in, you know, Macaulay Gillespie going into the centre. So I think there's a bit of reshuffling as well 
where and, and look, they do have options. Where there's specialised options, I think I think Tom Aldred, I think we said in the previous show, you lose him, I think there's there's big trouble. The only thing, as I said, I don't think he's been as dominant as we thought he would be and as a bigger difference. So maybe, you know, the opportunity for the likes of Macaulay Gillespie to perhaps, you know, get his own show because he, he, I think, has been, you know, very underwhelming, to, if, if I'm being fair, uh, so far this season. Uh, so he may get a chance to step up and take an opportunity. Uh, Scott Neville, Mr. Versatility, Kevin. I, I think Jack Hingott's return as well, I think, at least gives us solidity on that right side. I think that's the important thing. It really depends on they want to continue with this 3-4-1-2 formation or want to switch back to a 4-2-3-1. It really depends on that, really, because if they want to play the back three system, I, I have to imagine someone is going to come in because I'm not sure they've got the players that can can um, fill those positions in the current lineup. So, well, to wrap this up, what do you think is going to happen in West Sydney on New Year's Day? That's a good question because it's very, very hard to know where Western Sydney's had it, had it after that absolute chaotic game on Friday night where they're really at. Uh, look, they did get three points, but mired in controversy. Um, look, I think it's going to be a draw. Uh, I think I think to follow the same pattern as game one, where I think both teams will probably negate. They're probably both desperate not to lose, and I think I think it's going to be a draw in the end. Whether maybe it might be a score draw, a low score draw, maybe one all. But yeah, um, it was still all when they played in the first round, wasn't it? It was, yeah, and there wasn't much there. I think there'll be a bit more intent and purpose, but I think both team, neither team, will want to lose. So yeah, I, I'm thinking a draw. I tend to, go, I think, be a draw. I think the draw have to win the game. If they don't win the game, I think they're in real trouble in terms of making the top six. But I think it'll be a draw. And I think both sides will be happy, particularly West Sydney Wanderers, if there's a way less drama than they had in Adelaide on Friday night, because that was ridiculous. But that's a whole other story for another day. Adam, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Scott. And happy new year to uh, all our listeners. Absolutely. Happy new year to all our listeners. And if you haven't listened to our Decade in Review podcast, it's available now on all our podcasting platforms. So have a listen to that. And we'll talk to you in the new year.